The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the Leach Report. Sunny skies and nice-looking day to get us started here. John Hale will join us today from courier-journal.com. And, of course, Kyle Tucker from theathletic.com right here in the Clark's Pump and Shop Studios in Lexington. And uh, we'll jump right into our Wildcat news of the day. It is a service of Kentucky Beer Cheese. Game one of the NBA Finals last night, and the Suns beat the Bucks 118-105. to Devin Booker was not the leading scorer. That was Chris Paul, but Booker had a big game. 27 points in his first NBA Finals appearance. So glad to see him off to a good start. Uh, John Hale had a story about Booker in his one season at Kentucky that we'll talk with him about here when he joins us shortly. Uh, Kofi Coburn, seven foot, two hundred eighty-five pound center, who played the last two seasons at the University of Illinois, has taken his name out of the NBA draft and now looking for a college basketball home. He says he will strongly consider UK because of his relationship with Orlando Antigua, who recruited him to the Illini. Uh, he says he will consider going back to Illinois as well, but that certainly seems unlikely. He averaged seventeen point seven and nine point five rebounds last season making second-team All-America for the Illini. He says, on one hand, he's going to take visits, but doesn't know where yet. And on the other, says that he wants to make a decision soon. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out with Kentucky pursuing both uh, Coburn and Jalen Duran, two outstanding big men. Uh, Cal tweeted yesterday about how pleased he's been with how well his guys are managing the name, image, and likeness situation in these early days of it. And he said they've had some of their best practices since he's been here. I uh, he also tweeted a picture of himself standing next to Reed Travis, who visited practice yesterday and talked to the team. And they've got this uh, wall, uh, space on the wall outside the practice uh, gym there at the craft center. It's a replica, a small replica of the Rupp Arena floor. And when players come to visit practice, uh, they sign the floor. And it's really cool to to uh, see all the names that are on there of guys that uh, are welcomed back into to practice whenever they can come by. And um, be fun to get back into that routine this season with uh, some normalcy, hopefully. UK will put single-game Tickets on sale for all seven home football games tomorrow morning at 9 Eastern time. As uh, Kentucky will open the season on September 4th against Louisiana Monroe. And I would think the the big ticket's going to be probably uh, Florida or LSU, but that Missouri game's going to be a hot ticket as well. You know, these days with the TV experience being what it is, uh, I don't think you're going to you know, sell out the Louisiana Monroes and the Chattanoogas uh, anymore. But um, people are going to come for the big games, the, that environment. Uh, and so they'll, they've got some promotions scheduled around all the games, but some of the ones around 
you know, those games that aren't going to drive as much general fan interest. They'll have Scout Day or Youth Football Day or uh, Cheerleader Day or something like that to uh, try to get uh, more of the tickets sold. Makes sense. And um, it could be a a really fun start to the season if Kentucky, uh, obviously going to be a huge favorite in the games one and three against uh, Monroe and against uh, Chattanooga. But if they could get Missouri and then go down and win at South Carolina and start September off at 4-0, and whew, what excitement there would be for that Florida game on the first Saturday in October with the, uh, the Keeneland-UK football doubleheader. Uh, fun times uh, could be headed uh, your way this fall. So single-game tickets for all seven home games going on sale tomorrow morning at 9. And Pro Football Focus has ranked the top 50 players in college football. <coughs> Excuse me. Coming in at number 31 on the list, Darian Kennard. And he gets the nod, they say, because of how well he has performed as a run blocker in Kentucky's offense. But with new offensive coordinator Liam Cohen, Kentucky's obviously looking to step it up in the pass game. Darian is moving to the left side. If he really shines on that move to left tackle and should get the opportunity to show more of his pass blocking skills and uh, improves his grade in that area, I would think you'd be talking about a you know top ten, maybe top five draft pick if all of that goes well uh, for Darian. So I'm guessing that's what was in his mind when he made the decision, somewhat surprising decision, to come back for another season with the Wildcats. And uh, there could be a kind of a Josh Allen esque upside there for him this coming season if things go well. Links to the stories that we talk about, you can find those on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. John Hale will join us from the CJ when we come right back on this Wednesday edition of the Leach Report. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at TomLeachKY. We go to the drinksword.com hotline to bring on John Hale from courier-journal.com. Uh, lots to talk about, John, stories that uh, you've written about recently. And we'll start with Kofi Coburn, who is on the transfer market now that he has pulled his name out of the NBA draft. and certainly uh, feels like Kentucky is a heavy favorite in uh, this particular race. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Orlando Antigua was the reason that he went to Illinois in the first place. He said that in an interview with ESPN yesterday, and then obviously um, John Calipari hired Antigua and Chen Coleman from Illinois this offseason, so it would make perfect sense. Uh, Kentucky was actually kind of briefly tied to Kofi as a high school recruit. They never ended up offering him, but that was that year, 2019, the class where they just struck out on you know seven or eight different big men um and you know thankfully nick richards ended up having kind of a, a a coming out year as a junior but but they really missed on the big men there and and so he was on the radar then so cal obviously knows him uh i don't know that they necessarily have a, a clear need for another big man right now but he's so talented he's going to be a preseason all-american regardless of where he goes that he's the kind of guy you take and you make room for and obviously that would give you know kentucky an even better roster than they have now and then there's Jalen Duran, who just visited as well. Yeah, that's the that's the most interesting part of this for me is C 
seeing how they kind of navigate this tightrope because while technically they have enough scholarship space to add both of them, it's really hard to imagine a scenario where either of those guys would sign up to come play on a team that had the other one, not to mention already had Oscar Schwebway and Keon Brooks and Jacob Toppin and Damian Collins and Lance Ware. And so it would, it would just be too crowded to add both of them. So how do they make that choice? I mean, Kofi's obviously the guy with the most college experience. He's proven at this level. Uh, he's going to be a, an All-American, like I said. Uh, Duran's probably the better long-term prospect. He might you know, be in contention for the number one pick in the draft next year, assuming that he reclassifies like everyone expects this summer. Uh, but you know, Kentucky fans don't need any reminder that even really highly touted uh, high school recruits sometimes need some adjustment period. So you know, Kofi will probably be the better instant impact player how do they make that decision? I'm, I'm glad I don't have to make the decision. It's a pretty enviable spot to be in, but uh, Duran's probably not going to even announce that he's reclassifying until after Peach Jam later this month, so I think it, it probably has a lot to do with how quickly uh, Kofi wants to move on his on his transfer decision. I mean, it, it could be sometimes these things are, you know, whoever takes it first, we're going to take one of you, um, but we don't know if that's the case. Yeah, and, and it's pretty dangerous. Uh, it, let's say that, you know, Kofi wants to announce here in the next two or three weeks. It would be a, a dangerous proposition to wait on Duran because A, he still has to officially reclassify, even though everybody expects that's going to happen. And B, he has to decide he's coming to college because he listed the G League and the Australian League in his top five they released last week. And then C, if he does decide to come to college, Kentucky still faces pretty significant competition from uh, Memphis and Miami, and it doesn't seem like any of the national recruiting guys have a real clear read on who leads in that recruitment. So that's a lot of ifs to you know to depend on if you were to tell Kofi, you know, uh, we, you got to wait for this other guy. I, I don't know that they could afford to do that right now. Uh, and this particular year, this won't be the case moving forward. But this particular year, uh, people can transfer in or out up until classes start, right? Yeah, they can enroll at any point. The rule this year that they changed, so in the future for winter uh, at fall sports, May 1st is the deadline to enter the transfer portal if you want to be eligible um, moving forward. This year, they made the deadline July 1st. And so, yeah, and you didn't have to actually technically be in the portal. You had to have started the process with your compliance department or whatever, which, you know, Kofi had obviously done. It does make uh, an interesting scenario, though, for the guys on Kentucky's roster. Let's say they added either of these guys. And then you're at the end of the bench and thinking, well, maybe I need to go somewhere else where I'm going to have a clearer path to minutes without a waiver. And we don't really know how lenient the NCAA is going to be on waivers now that they've passed the rule. Uh, none of Kentucky's guys could enter the transfer portal now and be eligible for next season. They could still do it and sit out or hope to get a waiver. Uh, but the deadline's passed. And so that's going to be an interesting thing to watch, too, in terms of how it affects the guys already on the roster. What would think, given uh, how things just went in court for the NCAA <laughs> you'd have a pretty good uh, you'd have a pretty good reason for optimism yeah I would think so too I mean it, it, it just seems you know contrary to logic that you would say okay everybody can transfer and then be like be a real stickler for you know this guy transferred a week after the deadline and, and so he's not going to be eligible I, I just can't imagine that's going to hold up anywhere but until it happens you know we don't know for sure uh, Devin Booker had a nice first game in the NBA Finals last night as uh, he tries to become the latest uh, former Wildcat to get a championship ring in the NBA. And uh, you wrote about his one year 
at Kentucky, and you know people throw that out a lot when they're talking about you know what Booker's doing now and how he could even start at Kentucky, but there were reasons for that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's easy to forget. Like, when you just look at their NBA careers, and clearly, he's a you know exponentially better player than either of the Harrison twins turned out to be. Uh, but you know, all those guys had just you know gone on that magical 2014 tournament run to the final game. You know, Cal had turned down an offer from the Cavs to go back to the NBA that summer because of his, you know, he says because of his loyalty to the Harrison Twins and uh, all those other guys in that class, Willie Colley Stein, who was a, a year older than them, who had decided to come back to school, uh, and he didn't want to leave them after they made that decision. And so he had this, you know, loyalty, and they had all these guys already on campus who had proven themselves at this level, and you know, they did the platoon thing early, and Booker was a defensive liability at times, even in that Wisconsin game, which I think you know bothers a lot of Kentucky fans still why Cal stuck with the Harrison Twins down the stretch there when they were struggling. But uh, you know, Booker was getting you know kind of abused by Sam Decker basically every time they put him in the game there, so I don't know that he would have been the solution. So it's, it's easy to, to look at it and, and bring that criticism up, but um, the circumstances at the time, I, it made perfect sense. Um, and, and now I think Cal even uses it to his benefit and especially if, if we're talking about the roster being crowded now, if they add another guy, I think in the next two months we're going to hear a lot of John Calipari saying that Devin Booker didn't start here and was still a lottery pick and now is an NBA superstar. He's going to remind his players of that every day, I think, moving forward. Could that could that uh, supplant uh, Anthony Davis took the fifth most shots on the, uh, on the, the most used uh, phrase board? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's still going to get the Davis one in there, too. But uh, if Booker wins his title and his finals MVP or whatever, he's going to stick with the one in the moment. We're talking with John Hale. Uh, it's uh, at John Hale underscore CJ on Twitter. And it's 23 past the top of the hour. We'll be right back to continue the conversation here on The Leach Report. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Back with you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio here in Lexington. Be sure to download their app for weekly specials, like a 32-ounce fountain drink right now that you could get for free. We're talking with John Hale from courier journal dot com uh and you can read about his st- story on kofi coburn or about devin booker or also the one about reed shepherd who has a, a big aau event coming up this week down in alabama and you're gonna be probably writing a lot about him over the next couple of years john yeah some days it feels like he's the only recruit that kentucky fans really care about i mean that that probably changed this week with Duran and, and kofi coburn uh, out there but um but yeah i mean obviously he has the ties to kentucky with his both his parents played here, Jeff and and his mom Stacy played for the women's team. Um, we know that he what he did for North Laurel last year in terms of just kind of insane scoring totals. He led the the state in total points. He was second in scoring average. Uh, he's proven himself against better competition so far this spring and summer on the AAU circuit. And now this month is going to be a real test because uh, the shoe circuit events start back up. So he's going to be playing for an Adidas-affiliated team the next few weeks, uh, Birmingham. Uh, he was in Toledo, I think, or Akron last week. He's got to stop in Indianapolis later in the summer, one in Omaha, I think. And so he's going to have a lot of opportunity as coaches can get on the road the next three weekends uh, to expand his current offer list, which he already did the last month. But we're going to be all eyes to see if Kentucky 
goes out and watches them, A, and then B, extends an offer uh, the way that Louisville and uh, Gonzaga and Virginia and some other teams already have. No matter what he does this summer, uh, he's, he's obviously going to be scoring a lot of points for his high school team, so he'll remain a, a, a hot recruit here in the state, but uh, it could uh, he could really blow up depending on how he does in these AAU events over the summer, right? Yeah, that's remember that's what happened with Dante Allen too. Um, you know, Reed's still a year younger than the summer that Dante uh, went out and earned all those scholarship offers by playing in some AAU events against better competition. Uh, but you know, he's he's got the chance to prove himself against you know the elite of the elite, which is the knock when he's doing it for North Laurel. And you know, as much as we all love Kentucky high school basketball, there's a pretty fair criticism that maybe the competition level isn't great at all times, and so you wonder if he can do it against better players. So if he does that this summer. That's why we're seeing all these high majors uh, come out and offer. I mean, he's got two years of high school left, so there's plenty of time for this all to play out. And I'm kind of of the opinion that if he keeps playing this way, he's going to force Kentucky's hand, and they're going to have to offer eventually. And then we'll see how it plays out. If there was any, if you know, any sort of being slow to pull the trigger has an effect, I kind of doubt it would. But uh, it's going to be a topic of conversation until either a Kentucky offers or b he you know struggles enough against bigger competition that you know fans decide that maybe he, he's not ready for this level which i don't think is going to happen yeah but uh it's these next few weeks will give us some some real insight there and um it's it's going to be uh a a big story uh no matter how it uh, plays out in the next few weeks but that'll at least give us a little more insight into uh his game and uh how that's going to maybe translate to the college level it's um Back to to Coburn and with Kentucky, you know how compare those two big guys in terms of their games. How are there significant differences? They're both big, wide body guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's interesting. It's just the way that modern basketball is going. I mean, they're both kind of viewed as traditional centers. I mean, especially Coburn. That's not, that's what he's done two years at Illinois. He's only attempted one three in two seasons there. I think that the thought is that uh, Duran probably has the, a little bit more ability to face the basket and, and extend his range. But in the, the interview the ESPN uh, did with Coburn yesterday, he basically said that what NBA guys told me is I needed to, you know, show my uh, my mid range game a little bit more and all those kind of things. So it's clear he's going to want to do that. Um, it's interesting to me how both of them would fit either with Oscar Schwebway or if you wanted to play Keon Brooks as a small four or you know Damian Collins. Um, Sweetway in particular, they, West Virginia's offense struggled last year because they were playing two traditional back-to-the-basket bigs at the same time before yeah. the transfer. Would they do that again here, or would Cal go with a different lineup? I don't, I don't know, but you, you got to figure out a way to make it work. Thanks, John. Cal Tucker, when we come right back. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the Cats. Second half of our Wednesday edition of The Leach Report. And uh, we was just flipping through Twitter during the break. The Action Network had a little video clip of Devin Booker driving up for his first game in the NBA Finals with Phoenix Suns and uh, driving a 19. 19- 1959 Chevy Impala that reportedly he has nicknamed Pretty Penny. So we go to the drinksword.com hotline. Bring on Kyle Tucker from theathletic.com. Booker has game, also has style, Kyle. Yes, he does. And that the uh, the car video reminds me that 
uh, when he was at Kentucky that there were people that would uh, take pictures of themselves licking his car. Forgotten about uh, that. And, uh, maybe they should include that in their name, image, and likeness uh, recruiting pitch. Uh, the things that people, Kentucky fans, are so crazy about their players that it became a thing to uh, take a car-licking selfie. That's, that's one of the stranger stories that I've ever heard of fan interactions uh, at Kentucky. Yeah, and that's you know that's saying something, <laughs> but you're right. It is. It is. Uh, uh well, uh, happy for uh, for what Devin's doing. He's he could. I was saying earlier this week he could have himself quite a summer with the NBA Finals and then heading over to Tokyo for the Olympics. Yeah, it's interesting too, just uh, how that uh, the narrative has kind of flipped on the Kentucky guys in the NBA. There was there was a time. Uh, where it was like, oh, you know, Kentucky's guys, Calipari's guys from Kentucky and the NBA haven't ever won anything. Uh, you know, they all play on bad, they're, you know, lottery picks and they all play on bad teams and pile up stats or whatever. And that, that was always a silly thing to me because, you know, so many of his best players had gone to just horrible franchises, uh, that had been longtime losers. And it, it obviously takes a while to build, uh, build up, build around those guys. New Orleans is is a perfect example. Anthony Davis, you have him, but what else do you have? Now they have Zion, you know what? But what else do you have? And and it's hard to do in a in a market like that. But now Anthony Davis has a ring. Devin Booker has got a great chance to get a ring, um, and they've got guys on some really good, really up and coming uh, franchises. Julius Randle, you know, dragged the Knicks back into the playoffs this year, so. Uh, it, it is really interesting how that narrative has flipped, and, and Devin's got a chance to join Anthony Davis in the in the gold medal count as well. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox should have had the the ring first. Uh, I will for always uh, always be amazed at how the the Lakers were took Lonzo Ball when they could have taken De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of teams that uh, probably wish they drafted uh, differently there for sure. Um, let's talk about uh, what is happening with Kentucky basketball. And, you know, uh, back when Devin played, uh, one of the storylines that comes up is about, you know, you didn't never started at Kentucky because you know, they had so much talent and they were platooning that season. I don't know of anybody that, that thinks Cal's going to go back to a platoon system, but it is going to be fascinating how he manages this roster, especially if they add uh, one of these two big men or amazingly both. Yeah, I mean, if they if they get Kofi Coburn or they get Jalen Duran, it's hard. It's really hard to think that they could get both. But I, I put nothing out of the question at this point because it's pretty clear that Calipari and the staff are sort of on the warpath right now. Um, I think really ultimately trying to never get caught, or, or certainly not this year, get caught um, in a situation like they had last year. You know, again, not having enough of this, not having enough of that, not having enough of anything. And and that is not going to be an issue, even as it stands. I don't think they're really in a position where they don't have enough. Um, you know, and you could make this argument if they get one of those guys, is it too much? But I think Cal's kind of operating under that the assumption that you can't ever have too much after last year. Um, and that competition is a good thing. And, you know, you know, if you get Duran or you get uh, Coburn, either one, you 
absolutely guarantee that you will not be pushed around in the paint. Because right now I think you, you can feel confident that that's the case uh, with Oscar Shibway. But then, you know, is anybody else really capable of bullying anybody inside? Maybe Lance Ware in year two a little bit, but I think that would be a question mark. But you get one of those guys, now you've got two absolute enforcers. You're not going to get bullied inside. If you run into a situation where that could be possible, you throw those two guys out there, you will not get bullied out inside, and you will not get out rebound. Um, you're not going to get in a situation where you can't make a three because you've got now, uh, with Mintz coming back, you've got Davion Mintz, Kellen Grady, uh, C.J. Frederick, and Dante Allen, who are all 38% or better three-point shooters on some volume. Um, you know, you're not going to get in a situation where you don't have a, a ball handler that you trust because you've got the SEC assist leader in Xavier Wheeler. You've got uh, a five-star freshman that you feel really good about. And now you've got uh, Davion Mintz, who was a very capable, um, you know, fill-in point guard when it became apparent by the end of last season that Devin Askew couldn't handle that job. I think he ended up like 17-2 to assist-to-turnover ratio his last two or three games playing point. And so, you know, I, I think in Cal's mind it is, Take every good player that wants to be on this team. If it means platoon, so be it. But but he's not going to get caught without enough. Uh, and so I think that's what we're seeing right now in this sort of endless, relentless pursuit of adding more talent. And, and I'm of one mind to think I'd be mad if I was one of these other guys and they'd be justified to be so. But I'm also of the mind that, you know, now that there are these free transfer rules, um, you know, now that there are a lot more opportunities for players, now that every guy on this roster can benefit from being at Kentucky, even if he's not playing a bunch by the, by name, image, image, and likeness, um, that you just, you know, you take everybody you can get, you let it sort itself out, and if guys aren't happy, they can leave and go play somewhere else. And, and uh, you know, that way, you know, you know you're going to have, if you got 12 guys who can play, you got to think you can find six to eight who can really play. And now you've got yourself a contending team. Yeah, and you know, Cal's always, uh, I think, preferred to have seven to eight man rotation. Uh, probably he's going to have to expand that. One would think. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's going to use the word platoon. I don't think he's going to do that. But uh, he probably will go a little deeper. I would think than he typically does. Yeah, and, and I just. <laughs> I don't know. I know that everybody, because it didn't end right, it didn't end in a championship that, that everybody, including Calc, I think, is, to some extent, is like, I don't want to try to manage the platoon again. I don't want to try to play a 10-D team again. But let's not forget that team won its first 38 games. Uh, it absolutely destroyed a Kansas team and made Bill Self say after the game that he wished his water bottle was filled with vodka. <laughs> the, the worst beating of one high major program of another that I've ever seen in the UCLA game where it was like whatever that crazy halftime score was 42 to 7 or whatever um, you know that was an unbelievable team and platooning was a devastating had had devastating effects I mean Cal was the way Cal talked about it like with the tanks coming over the hill you know you, you think you think you've withstood the first you know wave of the battle and here comes the whole other battalion over the hill. I mean, it, it was a devastating thing to be able to throw five fresh guys who are as good as your starters um, at an opponent when when they're reeling. I mean, it, 
it that was a really good team. It's one of the best teams ever to not win a national championship. Um, and so, do I think it would be crazy or a bad idea to platoon again if they get, especially if they add another, you know, all American level big man? I, I really don't think it would be a bad thing, and I do think it would be almost impossible for just most college basketball teams to handle. Talking with Kyle Tucker, you can read him at The Athletic dot com and go there to subscribe uh, just in time for the ramp up of all the football coverage that will be coming we'll talk a little uk football with kyle when we come back on the drinksword.com hotline clean hydration from shield and sword performance drink shield from sword performance pick up a bottle today it's going to be hot and humid you'll thank me uh, it's a local company too that's a big plus we'll be right back Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. 13 away from the top of the hours. We chat with Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com. We're almost a week into name, image, and likeness. Uh, what are your takes on how this has played out to this point? Uh, it's interesting. I, yeah, I, I think... <laughs> uh, I don't know what to make of it, I guess, is what I would say. Like, you know, you've, we've seen all these players, Kentucky players, other players, you know, announce that they're available on Cameo to, you know, you can pay a fee from, like, I think I've seen with the Kentucky guys anywhere from, like, 15 to 50 bucks to, uh, you know, have them wish you happy birthday or tell your buddy, you know, whatever, talk trash to them about fantasy football or whatever it is. Um, you know, and we've seen, you know, I think, Kellen Grady has done a, a some kind of deal with the slides, the sandals, you know, branded sandals, um, and some various other things. Uh, I would say relatively small things at this point. Um, I, I just think we're going to have to wait and see what the what the market, um, you know, reveals that it you know can take. You know what what is what is the market for the average Kentucky basketball player or star football player. Um, or anywhere else, and, and how is it going to play out with you know with boosters sort of uh, testing the limit of you know what they're able to do? I saw I can't remember what school it was. Um, one of the big programs had a booster commit like five hundred thousand dollars to doing name, image, and likeness deals for you know athletes of his school of choice. You know how how is the NCAA? going to look at that how are they going to enforce it are they going to even try because i I think once people start testing the limits i think we're going to realize pretty fast that the ncaa and these schools are probably going to ultimately buckle under one the logistics of monitoring it and two the uh, just the threat of of litigation because i do think that the most recent supreme court ruling while it didn't rule on this specifically the language in the decision told you that, hey, okay, bring whatever you want back to us because we're probably going to side with the athletes. I mean, that was the general tone to me, that college sports have been doing it wrong for way too long. They have been holding back these uh, players while making money on their backs um, and that it's a major antitrust issue. And so, you know, if, if athletes and boosters start pushing the boundaries with this, are schools even going to really push back very much because they fear that, you know, they get a lawsuit that goes all the way to the Supreme Court and they become the example 
that sets the new precedent? I don't know. I, I, I tend to think that ultimately almost anything is going to go. But who? I guess my question is like, who strikes first? Who's the first place or, or player or or booster who says just almost unabashedly, you know, I'm doing the million dollar deal for Jalen Duran <laughs> uh, or whoever else. Uh, that that remains to be seen because I I haven't seen anything so far that's like oh wow this guy just absolutely cashed in um, it, this is a game changer I think a lot of people think it's a game changer but it hasn't revealed itself yet in, in how and and why the uh, story down in Miami was interesting where a guy that's a Miami fan that owns a bunch of uh, gyms is giving each player six thousand dollars a year so over a half million dollars okay that's that's the one that I was talking about. I think the total amount's like five hundred grand committed to it already. Right, yeah, it was down at Miami, which <laughs> this is not new for for Miami boosters uh, to be giving out uh, uh, stipends to Miami football players. That, it's just new for it to be reported well, so well, openly on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little Kentucky football. Uh, we played a clip from uh, Curtis Birch's interview with Wandale Robinson on the Behind Kentucky Football podcast in which he was talking about Liam Cohen's system and things he can do to uh, try to isolate guys in one-on-one matchups. And so it's going to be fun to, to see that, some of the things with formations and motions that, that they can do to uh, really uh, bring some excitement and uh, maybe modernize the, the passing attack. But it's all going to come back to... Can they get a guy at the QB spot that can deliver the ball on time and on target? Yeah, and, and to that end, you know, we're talking about that name, image, and likeness stuff. I think Will Levis has signed up to be one of the the barstool uh, sponsored athletes. Which again, like that's and basically what barstool has done is, is you know, everybody knows their kind of controversial owner. Uh, Dave Portnoy, he, he, without a whole lot of thought, just kind of put out there, hey, if you want to be a, a barstool athlete, contact me. And if they've had, you know, just totally random athletes from small colleges and all over the place, anybody that reaches out, you know, we quote unquote sign you. And I think it amounts to them sending a bunch of merchandise, which is basically free promotion for, uh, barstool sports brand to have, you know, the Kentucky quarterback or whoever else. Uh, walk out on game day in the the gear, um, and I think we're going to see a lot of deals like that that are relatively small, but you know, I'm sure they're cool things. And those were not prohibited; or they, those were prohibited in the past. Just to even get get a little free gear. So I'm glad that guys will be able to get stuff like that. Um, but yeah, w- will it be Will Levis? As I think the staff has sort of believed and hoped uh, based on what they had seen of him, but not getting him on campus yet. Or will it be the guy who came out of spring, uh, you know, of the guys who'd been on campus who, quote-unquote, won the job, um, you know, Joey Gatewood. I mean, he was the guy who came out of the players on campus in spring, the clear, I think, option. But I, I think it'll be between him and, and Will Levis. And, and I don't think either of those guys are perfect prospects. I, I think, it, you know, if they were, they'd have stuck at their other Power 5 schools. You know, Gatewood came from... Auburn and, and Levis from Penn State, where he could not win the job. Um, so I don't think you can go, oh, it's a sure thing. But I, I, surely you have to feel pretty good about those two options. And when your third guy is the the, the in-state four-star recruit that you really, really thought, hey, he could be our future uh, just a year ago, um, 
they're they're much better off in the long term view in that quarterback room than they've been. I think really under Stoops. It's now just can they get a guy who will really emerge and be the guy consistently be a playmaker at quarterback. I do think Will, Will Levis probably gives them the best chance. Excuse me, best chance to have that guy. Uh, Kyle Tucker, you can uh, read him at theAthletic.com. He joins us uh, here on Wednesdays, and uh, I'm sure uh, that things have gone well for uh, Mrs. Tucker. So uh, you're uh, you're back uh, uh, hammering at the keyboard again more regularly, right? Yes, I uh, I got back uh, caught up on about eight million emails yesterday, <laughs> and I'm actually going to be at a uh, at a recruiting event for the first time in gosh, like. Two years, more than two years. I'm. I can't even. It's been so long. I can't even remember the last time I went and watched uh, high school prospects play in person. Uh, but I will be uh, at an event this this weekend for a few days, and hopefully get get some eyes on guys that uh, Kentucky's after as they are all in the the uh, the war room is is very active right now for Kentucky and recruiting. So I'm uh, going to try to get my my arms around that uh, best I can now that I'm back at it. So we'll be talking about that next Wednesday. You can look for it uh, from Kyle on Twitter and at theathletic.com. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. We'll wrap up this edition of the Leach Report when we come right back. One Wildcat birthday, former Kentucky baseball player Andy Green celebrating a birthday today. Uh, and uh, Hunter Dickinson is returning to the basketball team at Michigan. The uh, big man who was uh, so good last season and entered the draft, but's going to come back for another season with Juwan Howard. This is noteworthy in this area because, of course, Kentucky and Michigan will play this season. They'll uh, start their uh, three-year contract with Kentucky, going up to Ann Arbor on going up to Ann Arbor on the first Saturday in December. That'll do it for us. We will see you tomorrow here on the Leach Report. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com.